from the newsrooms of the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. This is Please Explain. I'm Kate Orbison. It's Thursday, the 26th of January. Officially, it's Australia Day, but celebrating the landing of the First Fleet is increasingly becoming a faux pas, and crowd numbers at Invasion Day rallies are growing by the thousands. Surveys show the majority of Australians still want to celebrate Australia Day, but more people, particularly younger generations, are choosing to ignore the public holiday altogether. Today, city and culture reporter for The Age, Sophie Aubrey, on the impending fate of Australia Day and whether this bitterly divided holiday will survive much longer. Sophie, Aboriginal people and their non-Indigenous allies have been protesting Australia Day celebrations for decades now. Why do you think it feels like we're approaching a flashpoint? It comes down to a mix of important factors. Firstly, there's the polling. So we can see that while, you know, overall polling shows that there's a majority support for Australia Day, when you look down at younger generations, there's a real change there. So people are really in support of changing the date and renaming January 26th as Invasion Day. We're also seeing more people simply shunning Australia Day events. You know, private barbecues aren't happening so much anymore. People aren't going to the official government events like they used to. We know that in Melbourne, the events attendance dropped from 72,000 in 2018 to just 2,000 in 2020. And then we have employers implementing policies that essentially allow their staff to ignore the public holiday, come to work and take a day in lieu. It kind of puts us at this strange moment where we have a company like Woolworths that just announced its staff can choose to work on that day rather than take the day off. But they're still selling all the Australian flag branded, you know, hats and beach balls and all that stuff that we will be familiar with from those old Australia Day parties that we used to go to. Mm, So they've essentially got a foot in both camps, it sounds like. But before we get into all of that, just as a a refresher for anyone who needs it, what does this day actually represent? So January 26, 1788, about 230 years ago, that's when uh, Britain's first fleet landed at Sydney Cove and it essentially marks the beginning of the colonisation of Australia. But for Indigenous people, it does represent the beginning of their displacement and the end of their way of life. We know there were massacres around the country, which many Australians weren't taught enough about in schools until quite recently. Mm. Australia Day celebrations are, for many, part of our national identity. Why do Australia Day event organisers choose to mark this day? And what do they make of the growing anti-Australia Day movement? So Australia Day officially became a public holiday federally in 1994. The polling does show that about two thirds of Australian adults do support calling Jan 26th Australia Day. That number is lower than 20 years ago. It used to be about 80% support for the date. And I spoke to a lot of different people who do still celebrate Australia Day. If you ask you know, people today about what Australia Day means to them, they'll say it's a very prideful and positive day. Interestingly, they also say it's a very inclusive day for all Australians. It's a day that represents mateship. They feel it's important to celebrate the nation and they believe it brings people together. There's also a sense of tradition. So one person I spoke to has been doing this river float along the Murray for 10 years with, you know, dozens of other people. Another person I spoke to sort of had an interesting perspective where he said, you know, while it is still the mandated public holiday by the government, he will continue to toe the line. He's open to having a day that is perhaps more 
more unifying for all Australians, but he didn't have the answers as to what that would look like. You also spoke to several Indigenous leaders and activists about why Australia Day celebrations can be incredibly hurtful for their communities. What did they tell you? Yeah, so for Indigenous people, this day is really traumatic and they will tell you that it also induces a lot of anxiety in the lead up on the day itself. They have to stay away from their phones. It represents the beginning of their community's oppression, dispossession and genocide by British colonies. And it's why it's sometimes referred to interchangeably as Survival Day, Invasion Day and the Day of Mourning. We're also seeing this play out in countries around the world. So in the US, there are... Um, A lot of discussions happening about what to do about Columbus Day, which is a public holiday there, and renaming it to Indigenous Peoples Day, which is yet to happen. In New Zealand, there's Waitangi Day, which represents the date in 1840 that the Waitangi Treaty was signed between the Maori people and the New Zealand government. But there are protests that happen every year um, at the moment uh, because of enduring inequalities. This year feels different as well because we have this upcoming referendum on The Voice. So we've got this additional division between people who were once sort of more united when it came to attending Invasion Day or Survival Day events. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, uh, we, we know that at the Invasion Day rallies this year, there's going to be a lot of chatter and, and we'll see a lot of signage um, to do with the voice referendum. Uh, we know that protesters are going to be actually campaigning um, against the voice. Um, not all of them, but many would say there are much more pressing issues which they are trying to tackle. We have systemic inequalities with health, education and incarceration rates. And so we know with the Invasion Day rallies this year, uh, the, the Voice is going to be a really um, big discussion that will be held um, as a result. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see, I suppose, what comes out of that. So, Sophie, why do you think we're approaching a tipping point now? What's driving the change the date momentum we're all seeing? Young people is the short answer. So if you look at the surveys, younger generations are really in favour of changing the date and the opposition increases with older generations. If you look at 18 to 24-year-olds, 64% are in favour of renaming January 26th as Invasion Day. For 25 to 34-year-olds, it's 54%. As you go to, say, 50 to 64-year-olds, it's 25% in favour, which is a big drop. So the other things that have been going on are Invasion Day rallies have really grown 300 people attended the rally in Melbourne in 2007. Um, Crowd numbers in Melbourne and Sydney and Brisbane are now, you know, in their thousands by a long way. And researchers say that Invasion Day rallies have been a really powerful, persuasive tool the more that they've grown. And, you know, we also saw then in 2018, Triple J moved their Hottest 100 countdown, which was really important for young people. You know, every year they'd have a barbecue on January 26th and listen to their favourite music. They moved that to a different date as of, well, five years ago now. This meant that more people started to realise that it's really not appropriate to celebrate this date. A lot of young people, you'll probably hear them flat out calling it Invasion Day, not Australia Day. We've also had in the last couple of years, as mentioned before, more workplaces introducing these policies that encourage people to take the day as a work day and not a day off. And the federal government also made some big announcements recently They are now allowing councils to hold citizenship ceremonies on days other than January 26. And you spoke to a lot of people when you were writing up your article. What were they telling you about their reasons for going to rallies and 
how they used to mark Australia Day. Yeah, one young Indigenous uh, woman called Emily Johnson, who I spoke to for the piece, spoke about how she used to feel like an outcast for not attending Australia Day parties as a teenager. She's now 29 and she says that you know she's been attending rallies for years and she now feels completely enveloped in support, which is really great. She does receive questions from people on Instagram. She has quite a few followers and they will ask her things like, oh, is it okay if I walk the dog? You know, they're really confused. They're a bit, they're feeling, uh, I guess, just not sure about how to spend January 26th in a way that it's sensitive. She'll tell them that, you know, it's all about your intention for the day. Essentially, if you're not celebrating, that's a good thing. And for non-Indigenous Australians, I got a real sense that many people used to celebrate the date and now look back with a lot of guilt, a lot of cringe. One woman called Olivia, she um, is 27. She talks about, you know, having gone to pool parties in high school. It wasn't until she reached university that she realised how hurtful the day was. There was another man um, called Kieran. Um, He is actually 46. So in that generation where you would probably expect, well, where the majority, you know, would be still supporting Australia Day, He talks about having attended barbecues and lots of open water swims that were celebrating Australia Day with his family, but five years ago made the deliberate decision to stop going to all these events. Essentially, parties are a bit of a faux pas, um, especially when you have social media that's awash with, you know, hashtag change the date social media posts. So Sophie, we've been having these debates for decades now. Will we see a change to the date anytime soon, do you think? Could Australia Day celebrations simply fizzle out as younger generations grow up? Or do you think Australia Day, as it is now, will endure? I don't think it's going to endure when you look at the data for young people. And it may feel like it's taking a very long time for this date to change. It may feel like we've been talking about it for years already, and we we have been especially in the context of history, with 1788 being about 230 years ago. But this movement has really only started picking up steam in the last five to ten years, so we do have a little way to go. One expert I spoke to uh, made a really interesting comparison with the same-sex marriage debate. So if you think about how long that took from when the Netherlands first legislated same-sex marriage to when Australia did, that took about 17 years. So essentially, people who are more in the know than I am are tipping that it will be another decade at least before we start to see the date change and for the population to age enough for that vote to actually um, be successful. Sophie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Today's episode of Please Explain was produced by Julia Carcatzel with technical assistance from Hannah Mills Turbot. Please Explain is a production of The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. If you enjoy the show and want more of our journalism, subscribe to our newspapers today. It's the best way to support what we do. Search The Age or smh.com.au forward slash subscribe. I'm Kate Orbison. This is Please Explain. Thanks for listening. Listener.